Pastor Mai, good afternoon and welcome to this week's episode of Perspective. I'm Dolan Mercer, here with you until two o'clock. If you're listening live, get in touch. You can send us your thoughts on anything you hear or you can ask questions to our guests. To do that, just text us on 166-167. You can email studio at manxradio.com or you can use the hashtag MRPerspective on social media. We've got a guest producer with us today, Rianne Evans of Newsroom Fame, joins me in the studio. Um, And a slight change of tone for you this time round. 15 seconds, hand for the ball. Don't give it up. Put it in. Go for the money shot. Joe Harton. Joe Harton. Box here, England meets cross White. It's in. It's a brilliant equaliser. Ellen White for England. It's 1-1. Press. Haran. Lovely ball. Morgan. Fabulous goal. Alex Morgan on her 30th birthday. Put some space as well. Kildan stops. And goes. Eddie Kildan. Oh my word! What a score from the teenager! Absolutely audacious! We've seen a summer of success for many sportsmen and women from across the British Isles. And certainly in my memory, more coverage, more exposure and more hype around female athletes and female teams than perhaps ever before, I think. That's prompted us this week to take a look at women in sport. Definitely unfamiliar territory for me, but absolutely not for our guests in the studio. You heard clips there from the Netball Commonwealth Games, Football World Cup and Rugby Six Nations, all events where more and more people are tuning in to support their idols on the biggest stage. Closer to home, we've seen success from many of the people and teams representing the Isle of Man in various disciplines too. The Manx football team won at Innes Mon. Our netballers won at the Netball Europe Open Challenge event, the first ever netball international competition hosted on the island. And of course, we saw a huge array of successes at the Island Games in Gibraltar, to name just a few. Now, I'm going to ask our guests in the studio to introduce themselves and tell us a bit about their sporting backgrounds. Um, We'll start with a familiar one, Rianne. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm trying not to speak in a, in a news speaker voice. I'm, I'm Rianne Evans. I really like netball. Uh, <laughs> um, I'd, I'd have never have known. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel so badly for the Manx radio team because I literally, I don't think an hour goes by every single day where I don't speak about netball or women in sport. So, um, so yeah, uh, I've been playing netball since primary school, as a, I think a lot of girls have. Um, so started when I was about seven and then had a break from it when I went to uni and then went traveling for about six years and then came back just as netball started to get really exciting and we moved from netball England to netball Europe and now I'm incredibly unhealthily obsessed with it so (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That's beginning with a confession I think. (laughs) (laughs) And then if I could ask you then to introduce the panel you've assembled for us. Yes so um I mean, there was so many people to choose from, obviously, but couldn't fit everyone in the studio. So I've got my my fellow Island Netball teammate and club netball teammate, Jane Ryder Clegg, next to me. And we've also got uh, Hannah Riley, 
who is has won the most medals ever for an athlete. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> casually throwing that in and won a silver medal with a broken foot in Gibraltar. Um, so, and we've got uh, Becky Becky Dunn, who just represented the island in basketball. Um, in Gibraltar and is also on the island long squad for netball and we've got Lauren Ellison who also represented the island in basketball in Gibraltar and is also on the island women's rugby team. Excellent stuff thank you very much thank you all for joining us. Um, Can I ask you first of all where your interest in or experiences of sport began? Come to you first. Um, So well I'm a PE teacher for a start um, so sport's always been a really big part of my life and I guess I didn't really do much sport until I started at Castle Russian maybe in about year eight or nine Um, and then I was really influenced by my PE teacher down there Um, I thought I wanted to be an accountant or a lawyer and then I went on work experience and just thought that's not for me and decided that I was going to go down the sport route Um, and ever since then sport has just been a massive part of my life now I just play netball but in the years gone by I've been I've done a lot of athletics I played a lot of hockey um just every sport going really um so that's kind of where I came from in terms of my interest now and I've been teaching I've been a PE teacher for 19 years so that's been a massive part of my life again and kind of I'm still playing I still want to be involved but I'm trying to pass that on to the the children coming up through through the schools as well thank you very much Next. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A very similar position to Jane, really. Started uh, doing all kinds of sport at a young age. Um, Kind of quit athletics when I was about 11, had a serious knee operation and went into horse riding, came back to do athletics for my GCSE and it kind of the the real kind of passion spurred from there. And um, yeah, with athletics, the gym side of it comes with it. So unfortunately, there's not really much room for anything else. But um, I do play netball. I play netball with Lauren and Becky. and I, I'm also a PE teacher, <laughs> common theme going on. Um, yeah, and I, I love pretty much every sport. I, I uh, snowboard when I can, try and surf when I can. Um, yeah, and, but athletics does take up a lot of a lot of the time and just just love love being active. <laughs> um, we've got another teacher, of course, Becky. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've kind of been involved in sports since I was very young. Um, I come from quite a sporty um, family. You know, my dad kind of... I won't say forced me into it, but he really <laughs> wanted someone who played basketball in the family, and so that's kind of how I got involved in that route. And from there, um, people are probably telling you I can't sit still for very long, so I think that's probably why my mum and dad made me try so many sports, <laughs> get me out of the house, you know. Um, I do quite a bit. When I was younger, I took part, you know, in hockey, basketball, netball, a bit of football. Went away with Lauren when we were younger all those years ago to represent, I think it was the guides <laughs> football. Oh, I forgot yeah, about that. literally every sport possible. Gaelic football, one of my faves. Um, Quidditch. The other one, yeah, Quidditch. Brought that uh, yeah. to the Isle of Man, Quidditch. Um, QE2 <laughs> in Richmond Week. But yeah, and then kind of as I, as I got older and with time constraints and that, I kind of focused now on basketball and netball. And they're really the two main ones that I follow at the minute, so. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so mine's similar to Becky. I've got a very sporty family. So growing up, my dad was football. My mum played basketball as well. So I was, again, not forced, but we were <laughs> encouraged to go and join in. Um, so I remember sat up at Mount Murray in a pram and like basketball just being there the whole time. I sat there with mum. And so basketball's always been something that's been, but I don't think I really got into basketball so much until I got a little bit older. And it was when I went to high school. 
and we became friends with Becky and there's a group of us similar age we all play basketball together and then my rugby side of things kind of started my auntie played but then my mum's partner he was coaching the vagabonds ladies team he's like I'll just come for extra fitness come and have a go um because they do a rugby fit over the summer vagabonds and we get quite a lot of recruits that way so I went and joined the fitness they were short on players one game that are just will you just help us out and I was like right okay and then as soon as someone hit me, I just had to hit them back and <laughs> kind of got the bug ever since. And um, yeah, again, lots of sports. Like I said, I play netball with Hannah and Becky as well. So very sporty. I'm a primary teacher, so not PA at Levy's, <laughs> but so, and I like to encourage it with the younger ones as well at school and get as many different sports and join in myself. Thank you very much. And thank you, everybody, for, for coming in. Um, a common theme, I think, from probably the five of you is you all had people, whether it be family members, teachers, friends who all gave you encouragement at quite an early age which is interesting um and i mean i'm, I'm going to throw it out there I, I i imagine not all girls have that kind of exposure would that be fair um, i would say maybe not in the past but looking at it now and i was thinking about this last night before we came on if you look at to be specific the female PE teachers across the board on the Isle of Man um, you know every single female PE teacher that I can think of is still playing sport at quite a good level and I just think what a role model for kids these days to have in their school so hopefully you know it's happening and people are getting encouraged um, but I think across the board in secondary schools especially there's so many female role models involved in sport even if you look outside of the PE departments um, it really is becoming massive on the Isle of Man. And such a wide variety though as well, isn't it? It's not just one sport anymore, is it? They're yeah. in everything. So it's, yeah, as you said, it's really a positive way forward. I even remember like when I was at school, not that long ago, <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple of teachers that used to, to do a lot of sport, but the majority of them really didn't do much outside school, whether that was the opportunities then that weren't there or whether that was by choice or, yeah, so it is definitely moving in the right direction. It's interesting as well that I think you all seem to have interest in multiple sports. Um, a lot of people, when you kind of reach the very top of competition, they get quite specialised in in whatever it is they're competing at. Not necessarily the case then with you guys. There seems to be at least an interest or like an elementary, yeah. uh, you know, taking part in in several. I think um, I think the key thing is time. So I would love to be more active in more sports, um, but just at this moment I, I can't commit I mean the netball takes a massive amount of commitment anyway um, I'm, not only do I play but I'm involved with the junior section which takes a lot of time so to then commit that same amount of time to another sport would just be far too much with a with a full-time job and a family so I think that the the best that I can do at the moment is have that interest in it because I can't play so just to kind of keep up to date with what's going on and follow the other sports um, and I'll, I'll always have that interest and I'll always want to play and I think as a PE teacher it's really really important to have an awareness of all the sports because you're there and teaching the, the, the girls and we're umpiring and refereeing fixtures you've got to know the other sports and you've got to have that knowledge um, about sport on the island to, to kind of direct them. Not everyone's going to want to be a netballer like, like I am, so I need to be able to to point them in the direction of their interest and what, what their strengths are. So I think that's that's really important to kind of keep that awareness. Do you, do you think that community is similar to how it was when you were first getting into sport, do you think? Or have there been any big changes? Um, I think... I think Social media, I think. Yeah, it helps. Social media and 
um, getting people involved is massive. Although when I got involved, it was my PE teacher that took me to all my matches and um, got me involved in that netball. So it's always been there. Um, but I think it might just be a bit easier for for people to get involved now that they know what's happening, they know where it is. And if, and if somebody else hasn't got the answers, they can find it really easily and people promote their clubs and promote their sport uh, through social media. And I definitely, yeah, it's definitely better definitely much better now I think it's more exposure to yeah it. and I think it creates more of a buzz around it and women have always been passionate about sport but now there's like this added excitement to I don't know maybe prove ourselves maybe that's yeah. too yeah. stronger thing but just to show people like what we can do across the board um, I think there's so many more opportunities though as well now isn't there you know as before you know say you've had athletics club once a week whereas now there's four clubs that you can go and join and loads of different days and times that you could do it you know whereas maybe your parents couldn't make that specific mm. day and time and you know when we were a bit younger whereas now if you can't make that well you can go to football then instead because that's when we're mm. free so there's just so much more scope for to do so many different things at so many different times and what suits your family and your day-to-day -day life absolutely although i think like in terms of in terms of <laughs> So Jane just getting close to personal with you. We're on the same team, it's fine. Um, in terms of having more options though, I mean, Becky and Lauren, you guys, did you turn to netball because there's, well, you've got one girl basketball team on the island mm. and you've seen a lot of basketballers come over to netball, which I'm not complaining about in the slightest, <laughs> but it's just, it, I find it upsetting that there's only one female basketball team on the whole island yeah. so you've got two opposite extremes there of a lot more options yeah. with athletics and whatnot and, and netball clubs like I think netball's like the highest female participant sport on the island and then dramatically is it such a, I'm not sure what it's like with rugby when I think because when I think my mum used to play and there was like two leagues yeah. going um like not that long ago like I was wasn't that long so I I don't know where it's gone wrong really with basketball it's just something's been missed and like because I know when we first started it was my mum and a friend they kind of Becky's dad they got us going set up a team they're like right let's get these girls young let's push them in and then there was somewhere a gap just got yeah. missed I think it was when when we were at a younger age unfortunately for whatever reason there was resources and manpower missing to drive that mm. development side and so unfortunately a whole generation on the island did miss the opportunity to play basketball but actually if we look now towards the juniors again which yeah. is what I've been working on in the development side of basketball and um, with Lauren's help especially at the Manx Youth Games there is girls playing left right and centre um, and for us that's really really important you know um, this year in the Manx Youth Games we put I think three or four just, teams in yeah, with just, just girls. girls you know um, one from QE2 especially, the girls there were loving it because we managed to get it in the curriculum. So I think there was a generation that missed out, um, not for any, you know, no, no one's fault. particular yeah. fault. It was just there was no one there, no manpower to kind of drive that forward or resources in terms of funding and that. But we are picking it back up and it's something we really want to work on, especially after the success at the Island Games. Mm. We did say within these two years, we want to start a women's league again, whether it be kind of once a month every Saturday and we have got some taster sessions coming up that we can talk about a bit later but it is something we're looking to drive and I, we can't really complain you know 
um, as part of our training, we because there hasn't been women's, we've played in the men's league, and for us, it's you know, it's changed yeah. my game completely. Like the men, I have such respect for them. The way they come out and they play hard against us, you know, they won't back down because they know we want to learn. Mm. And the difference at us in Gibraltar compared to maybe two years ago in was it Jersey? I can't even remember now. It's Scotland, Scotland. Scotland. Um, <laughs> you know the difference in our playing style and how physical we are because it is a very physical game. Like yeah. netball, that's the way it's going. You know, it's a lot of physical contact. Um, you know, it has been very beneficial for us, but we are working on that. This generation, there yeah. was just unfortunately one that was maybe missed. I was thinking of you even going when you guys were at school, like how much you had to fight to try and even get in the boys' oh, team to yeah. play basketball. That's one of my. That was one of my highlights it's on my CV. Yeah, we, um, <laughs> but that was, was a huge turning it, point. There wasn't. It, it was yeah, massive because there was no, like we said, there's no female girls basketball in the secondary school. So we fought and we played on the boys' team. I think we won the senior final. Yeah, yeah there was four was so of us good. playing on the boys' team. But do you know girls. what? Like we spoke about role models before. That that was actually you know it was our female teachers saying look you want to play go train with the boys and it was actually our male PE teachers who I remember coming to them because we'd played we'd trained with them throughout our six years yeah. and the last year I was like I want to play like I want to win the trophy with my school Sick a table and, a and I remember <laughs> yeah, my PE teacher and he backed us all the way we yeah. wrote we wrote a letter yeah, it was all to. official sent out to all the schools and we were backed 100% by all our PE teachers um, and that for me was a turning point for myself being involved in sport and actually pushing women to be involved in sport yeah. because you know there was I actually remember turning up to the game and I won't say who we played but we won and as we walked <laughs> in and um, guy went from the other school he was sat on the bench and he went oh you're gonna beat these easily there's just a bunch of women on their team and I was like I remember turning to Lauren like Oh, hon, here we go. <laughs> and you know what? We we came away with a pretty convincing win. Yeah, but then his comment was, oh, well, they're all men anyway. And I was like... So, so you can't win. Can't yeah, you? but you know what? It, it, we kind of proved ourselves. And the boys on our team there as well, you know, they took us in. There was none of that. I think it oh, taught well, them a little bit as well, off. though. Because like, yeah. I, I remember going, like, a lot of time, you play with the boys and they just wouldn't include you. But they started to turn a point and be like, oh, actually, no, they can do this and yeah. they can play at the same level as us. So I think they learnt a lot from... Us yeah. joining in with them as well. If I could compare basketball with netball, because to my very basic knowledge of the two, the skill sets are roughly similar. The kind of physical demands are roughly roughly yeah. similar. <laughs> um, <Shoot. laughs> yeah. So why do you get so many more women playing netball than basketball? Do you think? I'd hazard a guess that there's more coverage of netball, yeah. and I yeah. think netball has been really lucky um, in the last year, eighteen months with. Um, England's uh, success at the Commonwealth Games and that's really been a, a a platform for boosting numbers in the sport and that's what I was thinking listening to, to Lauren and Becky there talking about basketball is that we've just seen such an increase in uh, numbers and participants and people interested in the sport and people saying that I didn't like netball because I didn't like it when I played it at school, but I've watched, I watched England in the Commonwealth yeah. Games and I actually realised that I love it now. And, and, and it's given that exposure to people or kind of reignited their um, passion for it or uh, awareness of it. And it's really given them the opportunity to, um, to kind of get involved again. And we, we've seen a real uptake in, in the sport and we've benefited from that. And basketball just haven't got that, and that could be the difference between the the numbers initially. 
um, just just exposure yeah. and people's awareness. I would have thought that's, that's that's interesting. If if there is a direct uptake then with things that are televised, mm. um, I played rugby a bit when I was a bit younger, and I watched a bit of the women's Six Nations. Mm. Do you see the same sort of thing there? Do, do people ever come and say, "Oh, I saw it on TV, and I thought I'd give it a go"? Every now and again, we get a little bit of that, but there's a lot of a stigma attached with rugby that oh, I'll get hurt, I'll get broken. Like I've tried to get. Becky up a few times she's like no I'm gonna get hurt get tackled but every night the televised it does it is good PR and it helps some people the awareness becomes a little bit more but there is just that worry I think with rugby that I oh, know it'll hurt it's too physical but I promise you it's really not like I actually get hurt more playing basketball and netball like with little ankle turns and this little is stuff what like she that. tells me you expect it in rugby you turn up with broken fingers to play netball and it's like where's that from rugby oh your knee's twice the size yeah it's rugby it's never from basketball it's always from rugby Doesn't yeah, we want people to play <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think I she's faking think she's faking that's the same with basketball yeah. is that especially that's kind of what we as a team at the minute we're trying to push um, basketball to develop on the island but right now we're saying oh but there's no ladies league you know these beginner players are coming and we're like yeah, you can play a match <laughs> but you've got to play against these you know six foot men um, just play low play it, low it actually and I think a lot of it comes down to Jane made a really interesting point because it comes down to the actual overarching governing body so netball did amazing at the commonwealth but at that same commonwealth the great britain women's basketball won a silver medal or sorry england basketball won a silver medal we don't know um, that. and at the olympics then the years before they they won a medal as well but they just wasn't pushed by england basketball you know it wasn't it wasn't shouted about as much as it should have been um and massively i do think that coverage is so important how much can we do on Ireland, you know, I think we do it very well and I think we're really supported by the radio, like yourselves, by the newspaper. But actually, in terms of looking out there, the, the bigger p- world and the bigger scale, picture, yeah. what are the actual governing bodies doing to promote that sport? Um, and I think that's where England netball have been yeah. 100% successful. Yeah. You know, I took a school trip to that World Cup and it was just, you know, the amount every of school coverage, from here was yeah, England, every, went there. you know, it was everywhere, all over Liverpool, there was pictures, there was things going on. Um, and so there is a question there to governing bodies. What are you doing to support the development at grassroots um, with coverage? If I could use the example um, of the Lionesses this summer, and um, it's obviously got huge coverage uh, mm. relative to anything I've known, really, I think, in my, in my memory. Also, if you go around the supermarket, you see, I was saying to Rianne, as we were prepping for this programme, you see products which suddenly have uh, endorsements of the women's football team, yeah. for example, and I, I don't think that's really happened, has it, in the same way, much in my no, memory. No, they've really kind of... <laughs> yeah, they have. It's, they, they've just exponentially um, promoted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just made football, put football on the map a little yeah. bit more for the women's football, I think. I think it's all, everyone's always been aware of it, and I, um, as, as a, an island, our football teams are very, very good, and they've always done quite well at the island games, and... Um, other competitions but yeah I think globally the lionesses of I mean it was on every paper on the front page when has that ever happened before yeah but also you see like with with football and <coughs> football a lot of the England netballers are now um you know you see them in the shops of uh, oasis oasis yeah you know yeah. it's getting I, do, I just like you know like Nike uh, mm. like the Corbin sisters are, are Nike representatives and you see their pictures and stuff and it's just like this has been going on for so long with men's sports 
why is it only just happening yeah. now? And mm. it is that that question yeah. of why, what do women need to do to get more coverage? And there's so many debates of women's sports. Like um, we've got, we've got a clip where it's like talks about the physical differences between men and women, and the f- the point of sport is the fastest and the strongest are the most exciting to watch, and there's a physical difference between men and women. That's fine, but also we were saying you can argue like Serena Williams. Is there that much of a physical difference? Like, mm-hmm. especially yeah. Wimbledon. But even even if there is, like, it's unfair to compare I two watched... genders that aren't the same. And it's like, what do you need to do to get on that equal playing field? And it's starting now, and it and it's exciting. But I still think there's a long way to go. And it's kind of like, what do you do? Like, I looked on BBC Sports. Sorry, I'm going off on a bit bit of a monologue. But <laughs> um, looked on the BBC Sport webpage yesterday and there was Serena Guthrie and there was a lioness at the top of the page and I was like that's good and then I scrolled down and it was a fair few like scrolls nothing like yeah. nothing 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 it was literally just surface deep so it's like it's all a bit superficial it is yeah. always superficial it's always based on your physical differences or you know how good looking or something that you are I see it's even like just going off a little bit but do you see the Avengers interview and they basically asked like Robert Downey Jr Chris Hemingsworth all this kind of um really interesting questions about the film and stuff and then they said to Scarlett Johansson so um what kind of food did you have to eat to to look like you do and yeah she, and she even she was like so they all get the really good questions mm, and I've I get seen that, yeah. yeah you know and it's still stereotypes still throughout everything mm. rather than just sport and I just think why are why are we still so based, even in sport, on what we look like? Mm. You know, some of the men like are, are not that attractive, and they still end up on billboard, billboards and front pages. <laughs> and I think we're still very much on the look situation, aren't we? See, Jess Ennis, with all due respect, I mean, she's a great athlete, but I still think if she was a bit funny looking, she wouldn't have got the sponsorship deals that she did. Yeah. She wouldn't have got L'Oreal and yeah. all those bits and pieces. Whether that's a yeah, whether that's a little bit controversial, people might mis- disagree with me. But let's let's listen to this clip that Rianne's talking about, <laughs> and um, we'll 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 come back to all of this. <laughs> um, so we're we're going to hear a clip from this is from Good Morning Britain, uh, where broadcaster and journalist Julia Hartley. Hartley Brewer, sorry, talks to England rugby player Sue Day about physical differences in sport. When women say, um, well, some women say, you know, oh, look, women's sport is, is just as good as men's sport. Look, the fastest human being in the world is a man. The person who's jumped mm. the farthest, the person who's jumped the highest, uh, you know, they're all men. And I think, mm. I think you know, we have to accept that there is a physical difference yeah. between men and women that means that they are going to have all those records. There's, there's, there's a difference. And in some ways, comparing them is meaningless. Men's sport and women's sport, both equally exciting. You know, we didn't not enjoy watching Jess Ennis because she wouldn't have yeah. beaten the men's decathletes yeah. in a sprint True. we we loved watching that sport is about the stories it's about the mm. personalities mm. it's about the tight finishes like the women's cricket mm. world cup final one of the best cricket matches mm. in ages that was from good morning britain um re what did you make of that um it's it's always going to be an interesting debate because you i mean we we want like we want equality. Everyone wants equality. And if you don't, then you're not a very nice person. Men and women are different. Like, yeah. you know, and so the, it's not a, it shouldn't be a bad thing to, to play on those differences. You know, yeah. it's not any, it's not a level playing field. Phys- 
like physically like no, people we're not all the same but we deserve the same treatment yeah. but know? that's normal that's like you can see everybody like you know most people know men and women are different you know that <laughs> no. so we don't need to bring it up every single time that we talk about sport it's like oh, well you know they're not as quick as the men or they're not as fit as the men well you know genetically unfortunately that's just what we've got to deal with we've had people come to watch <laughs> rugby like the they've not watched the women's rugby so much they've watched the men for years they've seen all the men's games and they come and watch and they're like oh it's a very different game this isn't it and like it's not as physical I'm like but it's a different sound then people have actually do you know what? I actually quite like watching you play you think of it more creatively because I know personally I'll try and avoid co- for me rugby's contact avoidance like I don't want to get hit <laughs> I'm going to go anyway around to not get hit so it's trying to think a little bit differently how how can you do that and people have commented now actually no you do play a different game but it's not bad it's just different and that's it's nice to hear those comments and not saying, oh, you're just not as physical, you're not as good. It's like, no, it's still rugby, it's just our way of doing it. It's changing you know people's opinion of yeah. it, so even with the netball, you know, so many people, it was just oh. like, oh my God, I didn't realise how fast and quick and athletic it was, you know, mm. all the girls look so fit and strong. And it's like, And, and that, expo- <laughs> that exposure to netball that we've had has sort of broken down those legends of it of it being boring and mm. slow and non-contact and it's because there's been so much expo- exposure yeah. from the BBC and Sky Sports they've done a great job that people are like it's really exciting yeah. to watch and it's great seeing young boys and men watching the sport as well yeah. you know most male like most male athletes will appreciate female athletes you know yeah. across the board it's just the exposure that we need to break down those women's sports isn't it isn't it as exciting um and it's like well have you watched any no well then how do you know so yeah. you know so, that Becky, what were you physical difference question there is an absolute insane video online um, and we go back to serena williams and i urge anyone to watch it and they talk about this physical difference and these men go up against her in a tennis game and she plays one man and all she does is serve to them literally she serves <laughs> and if he can't return it he gets an extra player on his side and she goes up against eight men. Eight men are on one side and it's her on the other and they still can't return a serve. <laughs> and it's just, and she, the, you know, the men, to be fair, it was, it, I can't even remember what the group is, but they're like, I think they captioned it as what physical difference or something like that. You know, it's them saying, you know, she's just as strong as us. Just because we're men, it doesn't mean, you know, we're stronger yeah. than her or we're yeah. quicker than her. It's whoever's put the time in to train. That's probably the beauty, I think, sometimes of basketball. You know, at lower levels, basketball can be slow, but if you get to that top level, basketball is a very fast, intense, physical game, and it has to be, regardless of it being men playing or women playing, because everyone has to get up and down that court every single 24 time. 24 seconds. Um, <laughs> and like you say, we've got time constraints and things, and it's the same across both, and especially in Gibraltar. You know, I noticed that we have quite a good relationship with our island men's team anyway, um, you know, but they were at all our games and then actually we started to notice, you know, they were going to the women's final because they said it was exciting to watch. You know, it was just as exciting. Maybe not just as exciting because, you know, Cayman were in the men's and they were dunking left, right and centre. But, <laughs> um, you know, it was, like you say, it was the same game but played differently because, you know, women maybe aren't as physically tall, so they were looking at different ways to get the ball in the hoop because <laughs> that's the aim of the game basically if anyone doesn't know <laughs> <laughs> you know watching us sometimes <laughs> don't realize what, yeah. <laughs> but honestly i would urge anyone to watch that video of serena williams it, i, I put it up and i've just shared like, it left right and center uh women tackling men at rugby, and even like tackling american footballers there's similar videos and they're just like well they were comparing sports between rugby and American football but girls were tackling men in their big shields and stuff and it's anyone can do anything if you put your mind to it yeah basically the nation station
Welcome back. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. Before the break, we spoke a bit about Serena Williams as uh, you were using the example Queen. of um, serving at men, I think. Is probably <laughs> um, tennis is an interesting one because it's one of the few sports where, obviously with the mixed doubles, we see you know, people on, on one court of all shapes, sizes, genders playing together. And there was a very high profile partnership, this uh, Wimbledon of Serena Williams playing with Andy Murray. Um, I watched quite a bit of that. I'm, I'm not not a huge tennis fan, but I think it'd be fair to say she more than held her own and actually showed him up a bit. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you saw any of that. I don't. Like She's a fab tennis player, though. I think Andy. I think she is. As Lauren was saying before, sometimes women a bit more creative with their play, <sighs> and I think she is not only physically strong, tough, very good tennis player, but she is a, a creative tennis player. Whereas I would say. Uh, Obviously, I'm not a, a massive um, tennis te- um, guru, yeah. but um, I would say Andy Murray's a little bit more boring. <laughs> See, I, I think love Andy Murray, so I don't like <laughs> saying bad things about him. <laughs> but I, I did see a bit of it, and yeah, she really impressed me. Um, again, though, she has been working all her life to get to that level, and I think what she proves more than anything is that it's not about who you are or what gender you are or where you're from or anything like that it's about I'm going to put the hours in to be at the top of my sport and that's where she is yeah absolutely she's battled so much criticism for so many different reasons over the years so you can just see how she's a warrior you know part of the reason I wanted to use her as an example is she also hit the headlines because um, her run to the final off the top of my head of the Wimbledon singles was her first return to a major Grand Slam final since having a child, of course. Um, yeah. Something male athletes don't have to contend with in quite the same way. Um, <laughs> um, that's quite a big deal, isn't it, I think? Um, and we spoke a bit about Jessica Ennis as well, of course, who's another example of somebody who um, has re- returned to mm. you know, the, yeah. the, the, the same elite levels. We were saying before as well, in the New Zealand, uh, the New Zealand's player of the match after they won the World Cup recently she she was doing the interview with her young daughter mm. which I thought was really inspirational you know and it's it just says so much that women can go through that with their bodies and champion naysayers anyway but to champion the champion naysayers whilst also having a child and raising a child and being able to get your body back to that physical point of pre- competing at a professional level and winning you know and then being able to just calmly do an interview while still looking after (laughs) your child I mean I think I don't think people I think a lot of people take it for granted really I think also though my big thing is you know she did that and it was amazing but she had support left right and center you know she had the right fitness um, coaches with her she had people working with her it's actually happens every day in the Isle of Man in England you know we've got people on all of the island squads who have had babies and you know we don't have the resources helping them to slowly get back into sport the way they should they have to do it themselves like every single day we've got people not people obviously like I have to be a bit specific here women having babies (laughs) um, and then getting themselves back involved in sport and you know I've never done it um but I commend Jane, Jane all the women. <laughs> I commend all the women who have because you know it's not an easy fate, is what you people tell me. You take two weeks off exercise, and it's hard enough to get yeah, back exactly. into doing yeah, it. So true. imagine having yeah, it's like having major surgery. Well, yeah. actually, go on, Jane. You're the one yeah, that you can, can actually uh, comment on this. Uh, yeah, as a mum, I think 
um, the hardest thing is is thinking that you can just pick up where you left off. Mm-hmm. So you the hard well it's hard to watch. You can't you can't play, so you're watching anyway, which I hate watching. So I want to get involved. Um, and then I had a cesarean when I had my little boy, so. I think, and I came back much sooner than I should have done. I couldn't throw, I couldn't catch, and I was about four stone heavier than I had been, but I actually felt like I could still do exactly the same as I had done, uh, but the reality was a little bit different. Um, and then it's hard. It's Not only is it hard to, to lose the weight and to get fit, but you've also got um, a baby that you also have to, yeah. to care for, um, and that takes up a, the well a massive chunk of your time well, it comes back to what you were saying at the at the beginning of the program yeah. about having having time the to time. fit these in as well as yeah. earning money and, yeah. Um, yeah. correct me if i'm wrong though jane like just obviously i've watched you play netball for a number of years and i've watched you do athletics and things like that but actually after having ollie i think you've played some of the best netball i've ever seen you play yeah so i mean a few people have said that to me and you can't see that yourself when you're involved but i I, I think more recently I've worked a lot harder on my fitness, so I think that's had a massive impact. Um, and yeah, and I mean it's it's really nice to hear people saying that. And no, I would and agree. So. I, I would I agree. I think coming well. back from from obviously having a baby, and obviously you you still work full time. You still mm-hmm. you know you've got a very busy busy life as well as obviously raising Ollie. So you know I think just. F- from people that haven't had kids I think it's you know a really inspirational thing that you've actually come back and you look fitter stronger Mm -hmm. faster I I just think it's amazing and older (laughs) I think it's all I've heard stories about people saying it's their mindset as well like sometimes you can be like you're in two places like oh I want to do my sport but I've got my child to look after it's feeling a little bit torn so it's having that mindset which I don't think men may be necessary I obviously can't speak on their behalf but I don't know if they'll have that I don't don't use their guilt but having that shift between oh well, what do I do what's for me what's for them so I've heard stories of people like that having that guilt fear I think maybe it's because you have a smaller amount of time so you literally cram work it cram it harder but <laughs> also like uh, Molly comes to he comes to ev- training he comes to netball training so he comes to he island squad training he's my favourite at training <laughs> it's not <laughs> ideal it's not ideal at all but um, it's it's also great for him to see that yeah. mummy does this sport and that um, she works hard and that she play, you know, and he, he likes that and that's an important part of his life as well. But it's it's tough. You're in the middle of a drill and he's, he, he wants your attention and he's got to get used to that. <laughs> I take him to netball on a Sunday morning. He can be there for four hours um, just occupying himself while I play. I umpire, then we've got the juniors and it's hard for him. It's hard for me, but I also think that in the long run, it, it's great for him to be able to see um, that the commitment that's needed and to, to see that his mum actually does do that and that's what you need to be able to do if you're going to be um, involved in sport which I hope he will be as well as he gets older so we've had some questions coming in so thank you to people who are sending those <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask um, specifically about netball I think it's one of the few sports I can think of where there's quite quite a small male participation still isn't there yeah what's what's the reasons for that perhaps um well i think traditionally it's a it's a women's sport um Mm -hmm. the governing body will but what does that mean i mean it's ours they've got (laughs) (laughs) Um, equality equality i think well a lot of it stems from well yeah governing bodies as well so we you're not allowed to play mixed netball um according to the governing body so you can have there are some male teams that exist in England and male leagues that exist in England but you couldn't have um a male team in a female league um just 
again, it's going back to those differences in the health and safety, I, I guess, um, of mixing the two two genders. Um, but but we, we can we can have yeah. we can have mixed teams for basketball. And I think actually, so we play. We have a team in the mixed business league, and when you say like men don't play netball, oh my days, there's so many men there. Normally, it's yeah, more men yeah. than women. They but love actually, it. Than yeah. what what the netball association have done to kind of relieve health and safety risks is men can only play certain positions, um, and so they're against each other. But if we've struggled for men some weeks, I remember when we first started one oh. week we had we didn't have enough men for whatever reason, and so we had to ask the other team, can we go in? as a female against your man and mum's like oh but oh I don't want to hurt you and I remember it was you I think and she was like you won't hurt me (laughs) (laughs) and anyway she went in and she played and he was like oh oh actually like in the space of the 10 minute quarter or whatever it was you know the first two minutes he was like kind of I don't know tentative tentative great word the one I was going to use was not a good one (laughs) and then after that he was like nah actually she's going to play just as hard Um, she's horrible I think with netball and I think men do enjoy it um, but maybe, like you said, I think the men not playing comes back to school. And in yeah, school, it's a it was a very much... Yeah. And actually, that's what happened with basketball. You know, the boys did basketball and while the girls did, did netball. netball. And actually, one thing we trialled at QE2 this year, um, with the support of my head of department, Dom, he's been absolutely amazing, is he's let me go in and we've put basketball in the girls' curriculum. And now at our junior basketball training, we've got mixed, you know, boys and girls coming together at break time. They're in the sports hall, they're playing together. And it really has seen a shift from our school point of view of, you know, girls and boys playing the sport. Um, But for me, I think the big thing was in school. And we, especially coming towards GCSE level, will do netball with the boys. um, And they love it. You know, Mike McAllister absolutely loves it. He's one of our male PE teachers at QE2. And he's actually really good. So, uh, yeah. well, it's all transferable anyway. I think they have uh, male uh, netball leagues in Australia and yeah, New Zealand, yeah, though. Do, yeah. It's pretty they big do. over there. Mm. So, I do think it is maybe just uh, the reputation of it. And uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've always enjoyed sort of the mixed netball. It's always it's always fun, and I and I like playing against someone who's taller and stronger makes because it makes right? me work harder. Yeah. And and it makes you think as well, you know. So. Um, I personally enjoy it and I also enjoy kind of the shock that guys kind of <laughs> flitter across their face when they're like, oh, it's it's not as slow it's as I was expecting. It's literally my favourite thing <laughs> in the whole world. With rugby, I, see, I can't remember what age, it's like 11 or 12. Yeah, so you hit that age, seven, you you're seven, yeah, you can't play right. mixed, you can't, boys and girls aren't allowed to play together. That's why, because I played for Vagons when I was younger and I went to these training and as soon as I hit a certain age, there was only one or two girls. And I wasn't allowed to tackle anyone. And I was like, oh, well, I'm off, see ya. Because there was nothing. Mm. I lost interest. They were like, oh, just pass a ball or do this or you can do touch. So, yeah, rugby's got that you're not allowed. Like, even when it comes to scrums and stuff, you can only play front row as a, man, a boy or a girl at 17 or 18 different rules with age and stuff. So it is very tight on no mixed at certain ages. It's but. a shame, though, because I do think if there was more mixed sports... The, I mean, not like I said before. I don't think there's a lack of respect between any athletes, but maybe it would. Women would get a bit more respect mm. from just playing alongside yeah. guys and having that being a normal thing from a young age. Then there wouldn't be such an extreme. I yeah. don't know gap between the two and and reputation between the two. Maybe I think mm. you've hit the nail on the head there. If we, you know, in primary schools and secondary 
get boys and girls playing together all the time it just becomes the norm and we noticed that when we did that whole you know we want to play in our senior final and we fought for it the boys at our school were kind of like this why is this question even happening because we'd played with them for so so long long. they were like I don't understand why people wouldn't want you to play you know and I think that really is the nail on the head if you know from early ages we have boys and girls playing and it is tough because you know like you say with rugby there is legal constraints on Mm. you know why and maybe it's another story 10 years down the line to look at why can't they tackle each other and things like that but um I think that's where we're going to kind of close the gap on male and female sport being totally different oh, so look at, it, sorry, go I was going to say that it is normal at primary school that's, yeah, that's a, that yeah. is completely normal they do everything together it's mixed yeah. everything is mixed they play high fi- oh, netball at seven, primary school yeah. seven side now isn't it but yeah. they but that's mixed, um, and it's when they get oh, to it, secondary school. You're only allowed so many boys, though, because right. I we were going to make it to the final, but I wasn't allowed because I had too many boys. But that's oh. another issue. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, that primary school is just all the competitions are mixed. You can put mm, boys yeah. and girls. You can there's a few separate, but most of it you do all your lessons together. Everything all the interschools are mixed teams. So I it guess is, it depends what primary school though, doesn't it? Because not all there's no kind of set PE curriculum for primary. And but so when they do their like PE, do it. it's mixed. Yeah, yeah. All through primary school, their PE lessons would be mixed lessons, and they're yeah. used to having the boys and the girls together. It's when they come to to secondary school yeah, that, it's... that it does um, separate. The nation station, Manx Radio. Faster Mike, welcome back. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. In the first half of the programme, we heard a clip from Good Morning Britain where broadcaster and journalist Julia Hartley Brewer spoke to England rugby player Sue Day about physical differences in sport. Up next, presenter Ben Shepherd discusses equal pay in sport with the same journalist, Julia Hartley Brewer, from Good Morning Britain. What's your take on this? Should women and men be paid the same for what they do in sport? No. Very, very simple. simple no, no because, because the money that you get paid in sport isn't just you know, the fees you get for playing, as you know, it's all in the sponsorship. And that is down to marketability, who's watching, how many people are watching. Take Wimbledon, that's been the big, the big row before, before mm. this latest mm. one. Uh, it, half as many people watch the women's final at Wimbledon uh, than watch the men's final. People are free to choose, they're free to watch. It's on television at the same time, on two different days, both at the weekend, and people choose not to watch it. If people don't want to watch it, you're not going to get the sponsors, you're not going to get the money. Simple as that. It's just the market. Let's put that to our panel in the studio. Um, What do you think? It's always a heavy topic, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I think, (laughs) again, I mean, going off that clip um, of the choice of what to watch, that choice hasn't been around long enough for it to be Mm. the initial reaction of people to to choose what to watch. I didn't, didn't phrase that very well. But, like... Women, women. Well, we we spoke at the top of the program about how women's sports seen much more televised coverage now. Certainly, towards in my awareness, in the past year or two, or three. which is I think amazing. Wimbledon final, I do think men like that is. Yeah. I'm guilty of that myself. I think I don't think oh, I watch the women. That's think just I, men, and that's something. It's the exposure, because it's yeah. been like that for so long. That yeah. is the norm, and now <laughs> now, like coverage is challenging the norm, which is is incredible and has been is very very long overdue. But that this just needs to make sure that it's not like a flash in the pan moment. Mm. Otherwise, you're never going to change that mindset of people like like in sport. I mean, this could be a very like pickety thing, but 
it's always women's football you know it's not just football, football yeah it's women's rugby it's not just rugby you know so uh, and well, it's you, just because it's been like that for a very long you, time you don't hear the women's netball world cup do you um, no, I no. thought we were no. going to try and like avoid netball this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, netball for this side of the show. Are <laughs> um, uh, the sports available? <laughs> <laughs> are there any are there any female professional athletes on the island who for whom it's their their job? I'm trying to think. Zoe Dillings. There's got to be a couple of cyclists, I'm sure. Is Anna yeah, Christian Anna now? Christian. Anna Christian. Ellen Barker, I think. I'm not sure if it's her. Lizzie Holden. Holden. She's Lizzie Holden, yeah. Um, Ellen's actually doing really well. Yasmin Ingham in Equestrian. I think that, I don't know if it's a complete full time job at the moment, but I'm sure it's virgin on being professional. Mm. So we do have quite a few really um, influential women and girls actually get into that, they get into that level. So um, I'm, I'm a little bit on side with her at the moment and. Um, you know, but I th- I think as well as when you don't get the exposure, as you said, you don't get the sponsors, you're not getting that income coming in. So how can you Break pass that forward yeah. to to the athletes themselves if you don't have it physically coming in? Therefore, in fairness, it's fair the way they're doing it at the moment. But I do, but I think it's definitely going to change, as Rianne said, that the exposure that women are getting now. I mean, even the women's Wimbledon final now is on a prime time spot yeah. as, as yeah. the men's the next day. Or the day, the day previous, I'm not too sure. But so I think it's definitely moving in the right direction. I'm going to come to a question on a different but related topic. Um, someone's asked, do you feel you get enough funding from the Isle of Man government to support women's sports on the island? This is something I know an awful lot about. I've, I've never, in my, I've been captain and had different roles within our rugby club and I've never it's never been something that's come up we get a lot of funding a lot of the funding comes from across I know there is stuff on island but if there is I don't hear about it so yeah. it's not I would say that there's always you'd always want think that you could use more funding yeah. and there's always plans where you think if we had the money we could do that um and it's I know that when we're talking about netball we're talking about the whole sport and that funding should cover from the grassroots development mm-hmm. right to the very top to the island squads but um as a member of the island squad and being selected to represent the island there is a cost to us as the individual mm-hmm. athlete yeah. and we are paying um a few hundred pounds to go on trips to represent the island and you can't help thinking that there's something wrong there and there there should be some funding for that but the island squad is no more important than the mm-hmm. the people coming in at the bottom and because they're going to be our future island squad so um I, again i don't know the facts about exact amount of funding that we get but i think we definitely could do with more it was interesting what hannah was saying before about athletics it was like you couldn't re- you couldn't get the funding unless you'd proven yourself to be successful i don't know if i've if i've quoted you correctly on that 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 might be a bit harsh but it it puts puts athletes in a very tricky situation to uh to get to that point it's kind of it's kind of a bit of a vicious circle because you have to kind of prove yourself to a certain level to prove that you are worth being funded um Mm. but also you also have to prove that pathway that you've worked hard enough and you're going to continue working hard enough in order to gain that money um i would say on a a more of a a wider scale you know the island games for example i mean i was speaking to a couple of people that i know that are professional athletes and they couldn't believe that we actually pay to go to the island games i mean mm. bearing in mind this year it was going to be 1500 pound per you know athlete i mean that is crazy when you're thinking you're trying to develop you know your 16 year olds your 17 year olds you know especially swimmers are even younger 
um, that they're spending, trying to spend that much money for families to try and get that. And I know the government support us to a point, but I think it needs to be supported more because otherwise it's going to be in a couple of years' time. People Potentially we're not going to have, have the squads that we've got. And bear in mind, we are one of the most successful islands um, across the board in our sports. I think it'd be really sad to lose something that we can represent where we're from other than the Commonwealth Games as a stepping stone just because we're not getting that funding from our own government. It's interesting, um, <clears throat> anecdotally, you, you mentioned there £1,500 to, to go away to compete this time. Even if it is a, you know, half that, a few hundred pounds, that's quite a big deterrent, isn't it, for a lot of people? Mm. That's that's quite a lot to ask, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, it's huge, and we were so lucky this year. I mean, Manx Harriers supported um, us and gave us £500 per athlete, and no, that was absolutely amazing of them. And without that, I think you would have we would have lost half the team. Mm. Um, a lot of the athletes did their own funding, um, and I know other sports have done yeah. did their own thing. Cycling did yeah. their own sponsor uh, funding, and, and which I'm not saying sports should have a bit of ownership and get that money in. But I think when you're the Island Games is such a big deal for the Isle of Man and it's such everyone is so aware of it and especially those developing athletes coming through it's for to then think oh my god I've got to spend 1500 pounds or 700 700 pounds is still a lot lot of money it's I think it's just such a big deterrent and and that's what you don't want in the sport you want people to think oh I want to get there and I'm going to be so it should be on talent if you're able you should be able to go money shouldn't be the danger is that you're not having your strongest athletes or your uh, strongest team players because they can't afford it and it shouldn't come down to that and we have a selection criteria so it's like well actually should we just be opening it up to do you know what if you can afford it let you go (laughs) for me in terms of funding I guess you look at maybe how easily accessible it is and maybe I'm just you know missing the big poster about it but if you look at development in England there is so many different kind of funding opportunities where you can apply for funding if you want to set up a grassroots club or you can apply for funding for this and that and that for me is what we don't have over here Um, or it's not very easily seen that I would know you know I'm involved in sports so have ways of like we do fundraising and we apply for sponsorship but if there was someone out there who was like, oh, I really want to start this club, it's so easy when you look at Sport England, they have like this whole page and it's like, if you want to start a club, apply for funding here, you can do this. And I don't see that on the Isle of Man personally. We've had a message in, um, this is coming back to equal pay. Um, Margaret has asked, both in sports and the workplace, women and men should have the same pay for the same job. Uses the example of tennis again. Women play three sets at Grand Slam tennis, whereas men play five. So in that example, how could you justify them both getting the same pay? But I wonder if you ask the women, would they like to play five sets? I'm sure a lot yeah. of them would say, yes, we would like to play five <laughs> sets because why should we be playing less because of our gender? You just yeah. put, give like, the power to the athletes. I'm sure they'll give you an, uh, an appropriate answer. Any other sport, football, they play 90, 90 minutes. Basketball, yeah. they still they play the same amount of time so it's minutes? like why <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm not playing for 80 minutes <laughs> like anyway but so it's like why is tennis different yeah. but it I, is interesting isn't it that you're in every other kind of walk of life when you take sport out of it you've got you can't have any discrimination you can't have gender discrimination and then the sports get out clauses it's not for their job it's because of the sponsorship and the endorsements and that's their way of getting around it and then we go back to what we said before is that the women's sport doesn't have the same exposure and the same coverage so therefore they don't have the same sponsorship sponsorship deals um and that's what we need to overcome 
Um, in terms of, we've spoken a lot about team sports, um, probably another one for you, Hannah. In terms of individuals, is it harder perhaps for individuals to, to find that funding, whether it be by sponsorship <clears throat> or, or centrally? Um, yeah, I, I would say so, especially speak, speaking from um, my job as an athletics development officer. A lot of people are like, oh, do you know what, if it was a team, you know, it would be a, a bit of a different thing. Obviously, we've got sponsorship now through our association. You know, SPAR have now sponsored our Isle of Man Champs and New Field have sponsored our Isle of Man Track League. But that's as a collective. Job, that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a collective event. You know, um, individually, I would say it was quite, it's harder to get sponsors. I don't know whether you guys found that with, sorry, going back to netball, but you found, tried to find individual sponsors for the, uh, the European I found it. I found it difficult, if I'm honest. I, cause you, and you are relying solely on on people, good-hearted people in the community, and there's and there's plenty of them. But it it was still a a good few months slog to find someone to be. I just don't. As, like maybe asking. it was just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's no it's hard <laughs> you, you feel like you've got to be at a certain level before you ask, but at the same time, you've kind of got to that little bit of a level that you've still got to pay those, you know, you've got to pay £1,500 for the Island Games, you've got to pay £500 to go on the netball. But also, when you're trying to find a sponsor, there's got to be something in it for them. Yeah, absolutely. you're asking for for money and basically saying, and in return, you will get, and that's got to be a good deal for them. Um, And when we were asking for our individual sponsors for netball, I was pretty pretty confident that we would do well as a team. I wasn't 100% certain what my sponsor was going to get out of you their yeah. 250 pounds. Like, where was their logo going to be displayed and things like that? And you've got to make sure that you're giving them a good deal. Yeah. Um, if I can use the example, um, I follow quite a lot of rugby still, um, despite being too broken to play. But um, <laughs> the Douglas men's first team, yeah. whenever you see the team sheets come up, they've all got individual yeah. sponsors. And I mean, I, I I don't know what the media coverage is like at, at Douglas matches, um, but certainly if you go into things like the Island Games, you'd think the media presence would be would would justify it, wouldn't it? Again, I, th- I think if you're in as a team, when you're you've got that exposure, but as a, as an individual, it's it, unless you actually do well, you're not going to get interviewed really, or you have any exposure at all, unless you put it yourself on social media, which um, I know a lot of people are much better at doing these days, but. But interestingly, when we were talking about the professional athletes on the Isle of Man, they were all individual athletes yeah, from yeah, individual yeah. sports. So then if they if that is their full time job, then they're going to get a lot more exposure because it's them as an individual. Um, but also it makes you wonder, is it easier for for those um, athletes to kind of make it when you, you merge with the sport in England um, rather than being part of a team? Is it, is it easier for um, individuals to kind of get on that pathway and and progress further. I think when it's all down to yourself, I think potentially it is easier on that point yeah. because you've basically got to rely on your uh, your support team and yourself. Whereas with your with a team sport, you've got to rely on everybody pulling their weight and working as hard as you feel you're working, and then that's got to work as a team as well. I mean, you can be all the seven hardest working individuals on the planet but you might not work together a team so, can't slot into that pathway no, either can they no, so not as easy. our netball team couldn't go as a team and then become the england netball squad yeah, um, yeah, yeah. which is effectively so the best that you could hope for is um one of our members of the netball team to be selected into yeah, maybe one of the absolutely. super league teams and then from the super league team get onto the england pathway and it's a lot it's on the other one you've got steps. to break away a split in team sports you've got to break away to have any 
Mm. Good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you like, look at Liam Doyle. Yeah. yeah, Liam Doyle's had to break away to the US to mm. to get any any kind of success and hopefully make it to the MLS. So, um, one thing I wanted to jump on, which um, you might have just said in passing, you said oh, I don't like asking when it comes to. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's so. There's a serious point to that though, yeah. because there is a pressure probably on on modern athletes to to have an, an element of self promotion, mm. maybe which perhaps wasn't always there. Do you think that's true? I think we're just not used to it. And I think, um, I don't know this, I don't know if this anti-feminist or just just a general perception of women can can be quite apologetic in nature. And when they're, when they're, when they're brilliant at something, (laughs) they still feel apologetic for it. So, so not maybe naturally inclined to go up to someone and say, give me money (laughs) to play sport because we're really good. And the better we get, you know, you'll come with us and the more exposure we'll give you like like jane was saying it's important to to thank those people that have faith in you and and help you get to places where you want to go but it is it is interesting and i and i don't know about if if be interesting to see a male perspective perspective on max radio Sorry. <laughs> um, if, if men feel You're good at this <laughs> if men feel nervous about approaching people for money as well or if it's more a female trait or do they get approached do they even have to approach people yeah. they might people might go to them might they i think as well from a team point of view you've got to look at who's on that team you know from basketball there's kind of pros and cons of getting individual sponsorship and team and for us if we asked for the same amount as an individual got you know is that gonna really make a dent in Mm. the 12 players that we've got to take away and then you include your coach and kind of your team manager we're asking for an amount that's got to be split between you know 14 people whereas to an individual that grand would make a huge difference and as well on our team you know we're really building that new generation to come through and a lot of them are students and you know, I feel nervous, like we said, about asking for sponsorship. Are they going to have any clue on how? Or, you know, are they going to have the confidence to do that? Um, so it is, it's it's a tough I one, really, I we're think. At rugby, we're, after, like you said, mentioned about Douglas, they've, seen, they've each got individual sponsors, and that's something that we've seen. And we're like, oh, well, is that something that maybe we could go down the route of and start and look? Because um, funding's a bit of a thing with our flights, because uh, obviously we play off island, our rugby. Um, and it all goes towards that but it's again asking and you go and ask people now that well I already sponsor already so there is a lot of companies businesses Mm. already sponsoring so there's so much sport on the island which is amazing but people are already doing things so they are already taken out of their pot so it's almost you've got to get in first sometimes as well to get it the nation station Welcome back to Perspective on Manx Radio. We're returning to some of the messages coming in. Um, there's a question on rugby. Um, someone's asked, I've never played before, but I'm interested in joining. Can you give me a bit more information on it and how I can get involved? Um, I'm a little bit worried as I'm not fit and don't know the rules. Where do we start? <laughs> not bother. I'm still winging the rules as well. Um, uh, so we brilliant that people are wanting to play um if anything from this even any of the sports that we all do or anything it's good to know that people are wanting to get involved and in asking these questions uh so we train up at bala fletcher which is up by the new hospital i don't know if i still call it the new hospital it's been there a while now isn't it? i digress um so <laughs> we train up there mondays and wednesdays at half past six um and it's a mixture so at the moment we're on our pre-season so if you're not fit don't worry most of us are all still in that same boat we're all doing lots of running lots of exercises a lot of um 
cardio and strength based at the moment so not so much of the rugby element side of things yet we're getting towards that um we've got a facebook page instagram uh everyone reply there's a few people in charge of facebook so people apply straight away if anyone's got any questions um dead quick to reply and i'll let you know the details it's we've got such a mixed group of girls up there so like i said when i, I said before about how when i started rugby i you there was no one to tackle there was no other people my age to play uh but now we've got girls coming through um up at training who are 13 i think it's probably had some 11 year olds up there for um pet mums bringing their daughters with them which is really nice to see um and then it goes right up to i said people in their 50s 60s are coming along and having a go because which is really good as well because then we can start maybe think about walking rugby because i know walking netball is a thing that's going we've been talking a lot about these um things so walking rugby is really big across in england so it'd be lovely if we've got that side of things we could bring in here um so it's such a mixed bag of people abilities uh fitness so literally anyone can just come up and have a go like you've been to a few haven't you yeah and you know what there's like this running joke that i will never play rugby because i'm scared of it um but i must say the girls up at vagas are so welcoming like i do a lot of the fitness i turn up to the games i definitely don't know the rules but i run up and down the sideline screaming um so really i would recommend getting involved with them they are absolutely fab and like we try and get out into the community as well. so we played in the summer football um yeah. that they did a few years ago they put a team into the netball summer league as well they go into the rounders competition so we go into the long boats we try and do as many events together as a team just so that we're putting ourselves out there as well and like on those days you do get people coming and asking you so yeah literally anyone rock up come and give it a go we're honestly not as scary as it looks <laughs> another question which i think you've mostly answered if young ladies are wanting to join vagabonds rugby club it's very nerving to come on your own i think i, I can yeah. speak from from experience so that's definitely true um how how easy or not is it to to try and kind of uh, welcome people in that way well it's funny I, I consider myself quite approachable and everyone up there is very friendly and we'd never isolate someone i'd hate to think if someone came up and felt like they'd had a horrible time you don't want to obviously we take the mick a little bit it's just a bit fun but if someone's new you're going to make them feel as welcome as they want to be and like i say we've got really young girls coming up and if we can get even more of them at like high school age we could make a team from there get them going away like one girl chloe she went off her own back she's 15 she was selected and she played for cheshire under 15s and was going away just off her own back but if we had more girls her age we could maybe do something a little bit more with that but i think everyone's really approachable and kind so i think everyone will fit, fit in <laughs> there's, there's definitely a perception that rugby is a man's sport in the mm. attributes required um someone else has asked it looks looks quite vicious when you watch on tv <laughs> uh, is is it the same at local level uh, it can be um <laughs> no do you know, don't get me wrong it's not a. Uh, you're not gonna go and just have a little walk in the park when you play rugby it is physical it is hard but the teamwork and the support you get from everyone is amazing like I know if I get tackled and I'm on the floor one of my teammates is going to be there to rock over and protect me they're looking after me from when the ball is there to when the ball is gone and I know they've got my back 100% and what's even better is that continues off the pitch as well and there is just so much support so much love for everyone that's there and I do it in all my sports I play it's there and it's, but I think with rugby you have to be if they don't protect you you lose the ball you don't have the ball you don't win so you have to look after each other and support each other and you are going to take a few knocks you might get a few black eyes bloody nose a few injuries but it's they're there to support you for that as well like i've had people come up to hospital with me i've gone up to look after them it's all 
from start to finish they're there with you hospital is it vicious? <laughs> is it vicious I've only been to hospital like 50 times <laughs> I, I've not actually, yeah a few times but do you know it comes with it you get hit and you could get hit in crossing the road yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to happen or but also <laughs> tag rugby is the one tag rugby is really fun isn't it? I love that yeah tag rugby is quite good <laughs> we in the break we, we had a, a brief fleeting visit from Kiri Kermode came into the studio and there's definitely a, like I said there's a perception that rugby is prone to injuries clearly netball because Rihanna's is is walking wounded as we speak or returning from being Kiri's had a pretty serious injury yeah well like I'm going to try and keep this short so we can move on from now yeah no I ruptured my Achilles playing in a game and then watched actually which has done no good for my mental like well-being watched Kiri get injured she tore the tendon that attaches your kneecap to your thigh um watched her go down watched watched kitty land and tear her mcl and acl watched ailish land and tear her acl and also watched lydia get kneed and tear her acl so now I d- I'm not even bothered about my Achilles. I'm just like, oh my god, my knees. <laughs> you know? yeah, rugby, I can count on one hand the amount of injuries I've seen in a girls' it's, game. So we could so. count on netball, one hand netball this year, Watch couldn't we? That's, yeah. that's the worst. Thing. I guess you probably get more like I don't know what the word would be. It's like sort superficial, superficial stuff. Yeah. Injuries, so I turn up to netball on a Sunday with like bruises, scratches all up and down my legs. Just literally black and blue. <laughs> but yeah, it's all like if you get hurt in rugby for me I think it's a freak accident it's something your legs got stuck and like a boot stuck on the floor or someone's just knocked you the wrong way it's no but yeah I, way more worse at netball look at all them injuries oh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's come more more broadly to perhaps some numbers and participation then because it's been touched upon a bit there um, as we've mentioned a few times now you're, you're all sports people but also teachers and coaches what's being done to try and encourage more young girls and young women to, to get involved at an early age? I think as I think we touched on it a little bit earlier. I think it's the actual the variety of sports that we're now providing um, outside of school and within school. You know, I, I know, Becky's introduced basketball club within, you know, the school. And so they, they, you've seen a massive uptake within the boys and the girls as well. So I think it's probably taken advantage of, of the school's specialisms, you know, in, in you know, the Jane and Ashley are you know very good netballers and obviously had very you know a massive success within netball and you've seen an increase in your your juniors you know that obviously want to emulate what they're doing um and I think as well yeah I think what we said about role models I think if you've got those role models and you've got that enthusiasm that passion to want to put that to other people then you're going to get more and more people coming through I think, I think the like amazing problem we have especially within secondary schools at the minute is we're debating because we don't have enough time in the year in the school year to put all the sports that we want and um, but like Jane mentioned earlier you know we all talk we're all kind of in the know about a range of sports so even if maybe it's not in our curriculum we're able if kids are interested to pinpoint um you know massively and things like the Manx Youth Games, you know, I know year seven and eight, I've seen maybe a bit of a drop in that and we're really trying to push kids back into that mm. because we really want those year groups to be trying all those sports, especially at that young age. Um, and then maybe they can choose one that they'll specialise in. But for me, massively important in year seven and eight is that they try everything and they have a go at everything. And from there, they maybe find the one that they love. What's um, what's cricket like in, in school? Because I, I've had um, some of the cricket people up a, a, f- a fair few times 
to try and push that because their numbers are quite low mm. and and I uh, used to play rounders in school and loved rounders but there's that's kind of simmered out and there's there's a massive like opportunity for cricket like to travel yeah. and have like a solid island team to travel across and stuff but again it's finding the numbers and then how do you how do you get people to take part and school seems to be like the best the option we yeah, play it quite a bit at primary school um because it's easy and it's obviously round us back a little bit smaller so cricket's a bit easier to and you can adapt the rules a lot of it but i never played when i got to high school I no, no i think maybe the a discussion that is being had yeah. at the minute on you know rounders is loved i we cannot deny that you know kids love it it gets different kids involved which is so important for us as PE teachers but is there a pathway um, whereas cricket is maybe similar skill set and then there is a pathway for them outside of school and it is a discussion um, that is being had mm. and being spoken about but it's it's a tough decision you don't ever want to drop one sport mm. to replace it with another mm. um, and I'm sure all of us would say if we could we would put every single sport in the curriculum and get it done um, I think it's important to have that link though into the community and the community are very good to do things for the school as well you know with MSR and you know they do like a northern six a southern six a western six now where you know coaches from those outside sports come into high schools and do a day you know to introduce the kids to different types of sports that they might have not done before which I think is a, a really helpful thing to have and I think potentially that that could happen a little bit more as well to to create those stronger links within the clubs and the schools. Yeah, it's having the time and money because most of these people have jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. I, th- I think we're really we've got to just remember how lucky we are on the Isle of Man, yeah. mm-hmm. and our children are really lucky because um, the opportunities that they've got to partic- participate in such a wide variety of sports is enormous, and a lot of uh, schools in England um, are shying away from the competitive element and it's about um kind of experiences rather than that competitive edge and children still do if they're going to be sportsmen and women they have to get used to competition um and we as schools on the island still provide that and we have inter-school competitions with all of the secondary schools on the isle of man weekly Mm -hmm. um and that in itself is a massive commitment from um transport budgets to uh, time to everything it's just it's but it happens and the the students get such a lot out of those fixtures Um, so I think it's important to remember that we they have those benefits Um, and then like everybody said that they can have those extra opportunities from um, the coaches coming in we 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 can't physically fit girls rugby into everything else that we offer but coaches from Douglas Rugby Club were coming and they were running girls rugby clubs and then from that rugby club that was happening at school they were then going off to Douglas to to play if they wanted to do that and it was kind of an easing them into that situation that they they might have found difficult to get into um we've had a badminton coach contact us that again we we don't have the start that the number of badminton courts to to offer it to to the number of students that we deal with but the coach will come and run a club and it's like you say remembering that those everybody outside of the school environment are passionate about their sport yeah. as well yeah. and for them they want to give up their time and they want to get as many people involved in their sport um as they can and they want other people or you know children to enjoy their sport as much as they do so there's there's massive amounts of opportunities and our job in school is to just um facilitate as many opportunities as we possibly can for those students and let them 
sample different sports so that they can pick the ones that really they really enjoy um because it's about enjoyment at the end of the day if you're going to commit time uh, regularly to those sports you've got to enjoy it you can't be forced into it otherwise you'll just end up hating it thinking back to my school days um there was quite a clear schedule whereby in in the sort of autumn term if that's what it's called you'd play rugby in the spring you'd play summer <laughs> oh dear. In, the, in the spring you'd play football that was good wasn't it and in, in, in summer it'd be cricket or athletics um is there enough representation of perhaps other like minority sports maybe in school you've spoken a bit about some of the signposting to to kind of other clubs i guess but um do you think there's enough done in that respect so what would you say would the minority sports be what are I, you I'm, thinking of i could pluck anything here um, um table tennis I know we do. yeah so we do table tennis, so and we've got 12 table tennis tables we that's part of our curriculum so they do blocks on that so whilst we don't do competitive matches with that then um we there's plenty of opportunities for them and they all do that and for for us at Balakameen I think in year seven eight and nine each student will have a block of 13 different sports throughout the year so although we might not be competing in those traditional sports then the minority sports that you're, I mean, we've done handball, we've done table tennis, we do tag rugby. Um, so um, I think the orienteering and things like that. So we, they might not compete in it, but they're getting a taste of that. And then if they really enjoy that, they'll say, right, where can, I've really enjoyed the table tennis. Where can I go and get more table tennis? And that's part of our job as well is to direct them. And that is definitely, I'd say, happening across all the schools. Um, I know definitely happening at Kiwi too, but even if you go, literally all the schools that is as much as it just focuses on okay the games are rugby for this season or basketball for this season that is happening you know in clubs lunchtime clubs after school morning clubs kids have the opportunity to try and like jane mentioned before when you look across to you know england the facilities that some schools there have we are so lucky on the Isle of Man that every school has the facilities they do or the opportunity the availability of a facility close by the elephant in the room then so i i played rugby for school football for school cricket for school you tend to play the same people i mean i remember losing to rianne's little brother at pretty much everything <laughs> um, <laughs> various times throughout the year don't um, say that on the radio no. his head will just get even bigger. <laughs> but um there's, there's, there's obviously a limited pool on the isle of man of people to play against at whatever discipline it might be is that a disadvantage, do you think, living on the island compared perhaps to our peers in the UK? Um, well, we there's an association that you might not be aware of that is the Isle of Man Secondary School Sports mm-hmm. Association. And every uh, PE teacher is kind of a member of that and every s- student effectively is. And there are island school teams set up. So there's an island schools basketball team, an island schools football team, and so on. Pretty much every sport that we compete in. And then that island schools team will then go and compete in England. And that's um, giving them opportunities that they wouldn't have. Um, and again, that, so when, if we touch on funding again, that is funded by the government. And again, we're really, really lucky to have that yeah. part of money. And our students benefit massively from that funding for their um, to get that elite or higher level com- competition, really, that they wouldn't have if we didn't have that. A few students went away not long ago, didn't they, for the inter-schools? Um, it was the English schools, athletics. athletics. So they yeah. did pretty well, yeah. That's a really kind of elite competition to get into, and they have really high entry uh, yeah. standards for that. And I think maybe only five or six students went, um, but that was heavily subsidised. Um, and an opportunity, like this... The, the people in those competitions are, are the GB athletes of the future 
Um, so to just be able to go to that competition is a massive achievement in itself. And I do think outside of school, so you like you say playing the same people I think you can get a bit sheltered on the other man it can you can sometimes it could be big fish little pond so I think it is to have them mm. opportunities so I, I didn't know about this and it was all funded so it is good to have that and to know that they're getting the money so you can realize actually well maybe I'm not as good as I and realize what you need to work on to go away and play to and me absolutely. what you can't forget though is the mass of volunteers we have on the Alman who are mm. doing these things you know we go away tomorrow and we're taking 15 kids to a basketball camp in England where they will be coached by American coaches and coaches from all over England I just know that because of my involvement in basketball but I know it happens across the pond and like we said that's just the volunteers of every sport who are passionate and who are willing to put that time in mm. for those kids. We've got about um, two minutes to go, I'm going to end on a question from Lydia Lydia is known to the panel <laughs> What do you think the best thing is about being a woman in sport? I'll start because I've already mentioned it. My favourite thing about being a woman in sport, specifically a woman, is maybe we're lucky because we have the opportunity to play the men, but when they think, they kind of look at you and think, oh, this will be yeah, easy, man. and you come out. and <laughs> That's my favourite moment when you can just kind of prove, prove that you need to be on that court as well um, and you deserve to be, so... Also, obviously, like my teammates and all the friendships oh, and all that so. love. But yeah, that is probably well, one of my just proving yourself. I like I love the support and like some of my best friends I've made through sport and I've stuck with like, <laughs> um, <laughs> just the support and the fun, like because you play sport and you can go out and do what you go and do other stuff. There's some yeah. and just yeah, how much yeah, working for each other. Yeah, I think it's like-minded Girl people. Power. Yeah, like-minded people <laughs> throughout. It, boys, girls, no matter what, whoever you meet, you've always got kind of a common ground, and mm. I think just support support each other all the time through anything. You know your highs and your lows, and people pick you up and then bring you down when you get too big for your boots. <laughs> and I touched on it before, but I think it it's it's given me a focus and it's made it's allowed me to be something else other than just um, a mum and like a, a you know someone that works and it's and like everything that all the other girls have said as well your friendships and the support but it's just giving you that something else another dimension thank you very much indeed everybody for joining us thank yeah, you thank Rianne you. as well guest producer this week thank you darling and thanks for listening <laughs> take care